In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. that phrase a little bit more, okay? It's a phrase we are declaring this very day. Yes, we are, but before we make so much more of a declaration, that wouldn't even make sense, did it? Um, we want to welcome you to our show. You're listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about our show today and other tips and tricks at GirlfriendIt.com. Well, you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Okay, so let's go back to the question. Who and what is a relational entrepreneur? I think that's a phrase we kind of um, kind of stumbled upon. Yes. Accidentally, that we really kind of have locked into it because we really like that because it's a little quirky and a little different. Um, later in our show today, we are going to be talking with two relational entrepreneurs, Lori Wildenberg and Anne Milan. Okay, so what is a relational entrepreneur? I'm going to let you explain that one. Well, I, I guess it's, it, first of all, how do I know if I am, one, um, just literally being a Christ follower, but two, that um, I am just living and breathing Jesus that is coming out my pores. So that would be your, your first thing in, into becoming a relational entrepreneur is to also make sure you have the number one thing in place. Okay. Well, you know, in the business world, um, an entrepreneur would be considered a person, a business person who likes to take risks. And that's how we would kind of clarify an entrepreneur. Well, since um, day one of our existence, our friendship, we have been taking risks and creating ministry, and we have not shied away from taking risks. And, and anytime you, you take a risk in anything, you, you open yourself up to criticism, to vulnerability, and we were willing to go there because we had each other, and yes. we were doing it together. Well, and, and years ago when we, when we did this, we also created our own terminology with, as a part of that risk. And um, it is it is funny because we got a little crazy with our terminology to the point that it was fun and we created synergy and we were able to stay relevant with some of it. But then other people were like, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. And you know what? The sad thing is we were really okay with that because it opened the door for questions and conversations. Yes. And sometimes it was silly and quirky. Um, for, for an example, one thing that we absolutely loved is we were sitting in a conference and um, Erwin McManus was talking about uh, being like a rhino. And we just recaptured that. And we well, because he said that rhinos charge forward at 30 miles an hour 
with a visibility of like 20 to 30 feet. So they are constantly running into things because they're charging. And, and so we took that and everything, it was a rhino blast. We were rhino dancing. We were having rhino fun. And it, it, and we love that. We even sent out rhinos to, you know, all of our team members and to other people that were doing the ministry. And it was, it was, it just, it's a fun, silly, quirky thing, but it also, it, um, it allows you to, to remember, okay, this is my, my run of faith. This is where I am blasting forward. And just, uh, once again, being a Christ follower, and sometimes I might not have everything into place. I might not have the visibility there, but I know I'm going to just charge ahead. Um, but, but there are other times. It's not always all about being silly. Sometimes it's about being significant. And um, the thing with, with girlfriends is positioning women's ministry to attract those outside the church walls, and that is so significant. Well, and it was all about, and it still is, it's all about going back and um, having the relationships. How are we getting women to connect again? It can be because so many times in life, the busyness of life distracts us from really sitting down, having a cup of coffee, or just really asking a question to go, how are you, and waiting for the answer, an authentic answer, not just, I'm fine, thank you. So it's really getting women to start connecting inside and outside the church walls and just authentic friendships and relationships. And that is what we call a relational entrepreneur. So it, first of all, having Jesus and just having him come out your pores. And then what does that look like when you're establishing? It's that loving Jesus and loving others. Um, so we're going to ask you guys a couple of questions to ask yourself. Because so many times we just get caught up in the day and you're in survival mode, you're just going through it, and you're not even, you're not even considering, am I a relational entrepreneur? So the first question would be, do I take risks in initiating conversations with people? And just like you said, in the business world, it's about being a risk taker. And any time you put yourself out there and you, and you initiate a conversation with somebody, you, you open yourself up to being rejected. So mm-hmm. I'm not really wanting to converse with you or to take the relationship further. And later on in the show, we're going to talk about some of the risks we have taken. And just kind of the feelings of that, because you're not always guaranteed that the person is going to respond in a way and be yippy-skippy about having a conversation with you, which we, yes, which we always want them to be excited because we're excited. Yeah. But, but it doesn't mean you stop taking a risk and stop initiating. And, you're, and speaking of the initiating, you have to intentionally be looking or ways to connect with others. It's not just about the people that you know that you're initiating a conversation with, but, you know, when you're in the store, and, and, and it's kind of funny because we, we've all done this. Hopefully it's just not me, like, sharing my sharing my sins. <laughs> I like it when you do that, actually. <laughs> uh, when you're at the store and sometimes you, you see people that you kind of know but you don't really know, and we're so in that busyness of life and trying to just get things done that you, you'll actually go the other way. You'll avoid those conversations rather than initially, initial, initially <laughs> look, intentionally looking for, it was hard work, wasn't it? I work. Intentionally looking for ways to connect with them. And I, we have to be aware of that to go, you know what? If you're really praying in the morning, you're starting out your day intentionally going, okay, God, put those people in my life that I can have an impact on, that will have an impact on me, then... When he does do it, then you have to be aware of it, and that's just being intentional about it and going, okay, this is someone right now that God's putting in front of me that just even a smile or just a quick connect 
you don't always have to get into a 30-minute conversation. Which no. You and I do, so that's why I think we go the other way. We think, oh, I don't have time <laughs> to get into a 30-minute conversation. But it might just be as simple as smiling with them and asking them how they're doing. Well, and the key word is intentional. Yeah, or whatever. Or whatever word you were trying to say. <laughs> but it, because it doesn't just happen naturally because we do get distracted with the busyness of life, and we can always find an excuse and a reason why not to connect. So we have to really be on high alert for people that God is putting in our path that he really wants us to connect with and be intentional with that. Well, okay. that's one of our tips and tricks for having these kind of conversations is we hear all the time, you know, just try to be bolder, take that risk. People will say, I'm too shy. I'm just way too shy. That is a very common, you know, um, reason that people give for not when I, it's not me. I'm too shy. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but we got to get past that. And just, it's just about asking questions, which is really a lost art, which was one of our passions. We just, we really try to get people to go, start asking more questions, be more interested in other people. And, you know, you start with this basic question. You know, it's just, you know, how's your day? Can lead to, and to be ready if they say, I'm not doing too well today. Mm-hmm. Then ask another question beyond that, like, well, is that is it something to do with your family? Is it something to do with your job? Are, are you comfortable sharing that? I mean, it can be simple like that, just going, but it really is about giving other people permission to go, it's okay to ask somebody a question. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes we don't even put ourselves in the situation to ask the question, for, for example, of where you're going. Um, it's okay to go to where people are mm-hmm. and and know that I'm going to this event because I'm truly going to be an ambassador for Christ. I am going to be a disciple. I am going to go out there and put myself out there. And as silly as it is, funerals, it, you know, you hear people, I'm too busy to go to the funeral, or I can't go to that wedding, or I can't go to that baby shower, or I can't. There's all these activities. And you know what? Those kind of events are always inconvenient. They always interrupt our routine yeah. and the dailiness of our life. So you have to just get past that and go, no matter what, you know what, this this, this matters and this is important because people matter. Yeah, people do matter. And, and it's a great way to connect. And then you have that common denominator so you can't let the shyness get in the way. Um, and don't always, uh, just like you said, in our in our sh- the shallowness of the conversation, but also go into deeper. And that's, that's a whole other show when we talk about the communication levels of how you have, to, you know, the level one all the way to level 10. Yes. It's okay to, to dive in there sometimes and go into a deeper level. Well, and basically, why does all this matter? Well, because as Christ followers, we have the most significant message to share. And how we do communicate that message really is critical. And like you said, we have to be intentional. Mm-hmm. You, you did say that word. <laughs> and, and we have to be looking where, where we can truly join God and, and allowing Him to to help us join him in people's lives. Well, relational leading is leading relationally in every aspect of our life. And part of um, being a relational entrepreneur is using our influence in our parenting. And our first guest today is, is Lori Wildenberg, who is passionate about helping parents navigate through this conversation. We'll be right back and talk with Lori. This is Girlfriend on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it. 
Girlfriended. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Lori Hurley, the social networking navigator, helps you overcome your overwhelm online and make social media easy. Every week, she shares the latest and greatest about social networking and welcomes industry experts and end users of different social media platforms to share their experiences moving their business forward online. Whether you are a Facebook fanatic or a lover of LinkedIn, Lori has you covered on all angles of social media, including Twitter, YouTube, blogging, Google+, and more. Lori shares her knowledge and love of educating others on all things social media with relevant material, engaging guests, and hot tips and techniques to help you soar down the social media highway. Join her every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time for the Social Networking News Hour here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back to our show this day. We are talking about relational leading and being a relational entrepreneur. If you missed our fantastic giveaway, we are going to talk about that right now. Um, We have an amazing gift. Um, Roma Downey, which we've had on the show, uh, what was that, a few months ago, and Mark Burnett, her husband, they're the producers of the amazing miniseries, The Bible, which I don't know, you have to live underneath a... Uh, it, it truly is amazing to not know about it. Yeah. Well, and, and my husband and I just came back from Israel a couple of months ago, so it's really it really evokes emotions, and you can it really helps you use your imagination to imagine what it could have been like. Yes, and um, they've been generous enough to not only uh, they're going to be in, on a future show coming up, but they have offered us a devotional filled with reflection, prayers, and just a breathtaking cinematic photo from the series. And all three books are available online at Amazon. Dot com, but you can have one just by going on to Girlfriend It Facebook page and liking us, and your name will go in a drawing, and you will have one poof in your mailbox if that, if that <laughs> takes place. Okay, but I just want you to know I want one, and I already like Girlfriend It, so how do I get one? <laughs> Really, it's an amazing. Know. It's an amazing book that'll really. It'll be a great companion with um, the Bible series. I know we're recording the series, and we'll be watching that over and over again. I know we are recording it as well. And I guess if you really, really want one, then you can go ahead and message us on Facebook, and we will make that happen. But like us, or I could order will, it on Amazon. Or you can order it. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Well, with that said, um, we have to tell you uh, about our next guest, Lori Wildenberg. She's the co-founder of First Corinthians Thirteen Parenting and. 
it has more than 25 years' experience working with children and parents. She's an author, speaker, licensed parent and family educator, and a certified teacher. She speaks to all groups regarding positive, purposeful, and effective parenting techniques. Her co-authored book, Empowered Parents, Putting Faith First, is endorsed by Christian Parenting Today and Shine Magazine. So um, just amazing things what Lori's doing. So welcome, Lori. Thanks, Patty and Lisa. It's good to be here. Well, um, we just reading everything that you've been doing as a speaker and an author, um, you're obviously the parent guru. And so to save time today, I'm just going to dive right into my question. Uh, I, I think that just in, in talking with women, you have so many that they have, they're just godly parents and they've been pouring into their kids and they feel like... There's an expectation there of raising godly kids. So help us in um, figuring out, just because you're a godly parent, is that guaranteed that you're going to have godly children? (laughs) (laughs) I wish it was a guarantee. Um, You know, I think we buy into that, that thought that if, you know, if we're godly parents, then we're guaranteed that, that godly kid. And Really, what what our responsibility is, is to be a godly parent and then pray for our children to be godly kids. Ultimately, the Lord, that's between the child and the Lord, how they're going to work out their relationship with him and to be a godly person as they grow up. Um, There are a lot of things that we can do to um, saturate our kids, I would say. You know, when you you look at, um, in the book of Deuteronomy, it, it tells you to um, talk to your kids when you're coming and going and, and have um, his word fixed on your door frames and in your hearts and in your minds. And, and I would call that saturating your life. Mm-hmm. And, and as a parent who loves the Lord, that's what we want to provide for our kids. We want to saturate their life with him. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, that will help frame their, their walk. And, um, but ultimately, there has to be a point at which the child makes his own decision. And sometimes there are kids, when they enter the teen and young adult years, because they've grown up with this, they need to wrestle with it a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, and, and I want you to think about uh, Jacob in the Bible. He wrestled with God. He didn't wrestle against him. He wrestled with him. Mm. He needed to own that faith that his father and his grandfather had. And, and that's what our kids need to do. And sometimes that wrestling isn't very pretty. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we come out with a little bit of a limp like Jacob did. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think... As Christian parents, we're shocked when um, either our own children or we hear of our pastor's kids going through a time of great struggle. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really heartbreaking because that is the thing that is your greatest desire for your child is to love the Lord. Mm-hmm. But um, they might have to do some of that wrestling, mm-hmm. and it's very painful. 
So it is really, it is really hard because we want the guarantees in life as parents that if I do this, then I will be guaranteed this end result. And we really want to claim that. And it's good to have this conversation ago that it's not always the case. And your analogy with Jacob and wrestling with God and coming out mm-hmm. with a lump is really a good analogy because we want to also protect our kids yeah. from the wrestling and from the limping, the consequences of, mm-hmm. of wrestling, that they might come out with a, a little bit of a limp. And we don't want them to have to limp through life. We don't want them to have any of those consequences. So we try to shield them. And really, is that the best thing we can do for our kids? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of times we swoop in and do the rescuing, and we, we do it in the name of love, and we don't want our kids to feel that discomfort. Um, but as our kids grow, um, in in my co-authored um, book that uh, I my co-author Becky Danielson and I have just written, um, we have four different types of, of parents. And really, you, the Lord parents us in all these four different ways. The, the Lord um, is our king or controller. The Lord is, calls us friends, so he's also a chum. The Lord um, is our, our guide, and, that, um, and he's, or our coach. And then the Lord is also um, a consultant, and you can see that in the Holy Spirit. And so... We need all four of those approaches, and as our when our kids are young, if, if you can kind of picture a, a graph and how you really need to be tightly involved in in everything when they're little, and then as they get a little bit older, you have to um, back off a little bit and take your take your hands off and move a little bit more toward the the coaching and the consulting position, so that when they do have an issue. You, you can ask them, how are you going to resolve this? And in doing that, they begin to develop some of those, um, that tenacity and those persevering muscles, which is something that um, everybody needs. I have to say, especially today, when I look at what's going on in our world and the attacks on our children, they've got to be strong in and of themselves and with the Lord, because we are not with them all the time. And Mm. they need to have the tools and the strength to be that strong and courageous individual and make up their own mind and figure out how to work through issues. So rescuing initially looks like, oh, I love you so much, I'm going to take care of this. But really, it, it could almost get to the place where it enables behavior or even weakens an individual. Okay, so Lori, we only this this uh, segment went way too quickly. We only have about three minutes. What would you suggest? Let's say I, I have a child who's not going the route that I wanted um, them to go on a godly path. And I like how you said, you know, you're saturating, but also you need to step back. And so let's say I have a child who's choosing a path of drugs and all kinds of, you know, fun things. What do you, what do, you do at that point? That's so hard. Um, I can think of so many parents that I've talked to where their kids are wrestling with um, or wrestling against, I guess I should say, sex or drugs, um, any kind of sinful behavior, huge rebellion, and and really um, all of those 
sort of behaviors really are rebellion. And I think with rebellion and when you've got a teen or a young adult, maybe the best place to go, when, when you've done your best training and you've tried to get them and guide them back on the right path and none of that is working, is to take your hands off and let those natural consequences play out. Um, I would recommend to parents, first you always go to the training and the working with your kids and, and trying to work through it. But the next step really is the natural consequences. And sometimes that, as sad as it is, could mean jail. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a friend who, she's a mom, and she was actually arrested for drunk driving and put in jail. And she will tell you that is the best time that she had, and it was the fastest way she got to the Lord. Mm. So the goal is for the kids to get to know the Lord and to love the Lord, and sometimes that wrestling with is going to give them that limp, and that limp could look like being in jail. Mm -hmm. It's awful, and my heart hurts, but that's probably the best advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at some point you do have to let them go and truly say, okay, God, I I put my child in your hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know and that course, God loves them more than we do. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was just going to say that. He mm-hmm. does. He does love them more than we do, and that's hard to believe, And but it, but yet it's true. And by taking our hands off and clinging to the Lord rather than clinging to our child, that's where we need mm-hmm. to go. Well, Lori, we have so appreciated just you've, you in a short amount of time, you've shared some great tips and tricks for, for parents. And we, this is only one small aspect of parenting. And we, we'll, we need to have you back and just share about her because this really is a heartbeat of so many women. It's just mm-hmm. the parenting and all the emotions that go along with that, the guilt and, you know, we, yes. that we carry. And so we really need to be having these dialogues. So we're going to take a quick break. Thank you again. We'll have more information on our site of how women can connect with you. We're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we'll be talking with Amelon of Bloom. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90-plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a -a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. 
Are you ready to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. We are talking about being relational entrepreneurs and looking for ways where we can join God in being intentional intentional with reaching people and having those conversations. Well, we are privileged to join forces with one of our ministry partners, Bloom. And Bloom is a thriving ministry of Stadia. Now, Stadia is um, it's an outstanding ministry for church planters. And Stadia is bringing people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. And they like to say, we love this tagline, they give you 7 billion reasons because that's how many people are on our planet. Well, Bloom provides inspiration, encouragement, and resources for planter spouses so they can provide the same to their families, staff, and churches. And representing Bloom today is our special guest and our girlfriend, Anne Milan. And Anne is a leader with Bloom and a co-partner with her husband, who pastors Kinetic Church in Concord, North Carolina. And Anne recently finished writing a book that is a collaborative effort with about 13 other spouses um, who have come together to share different stories about starting a church. And we just can't say enough about Bloom and just our girlfriends, Debbie Jones and Vanessa Pugh, and how they have really rallied their girlfriends who are other church planting spouses together to really form an intentional ministry that is reaching their churches and communities. So welcome, Anne, to our show today. Hi, Patty and Lisa. How are you doing, Anne? Hey, I'm doing great. A little well, cold uh, here, but other than that, I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to talk a little bit about this book that you just finished writing. And the book is called Bloom Where You're Planted, Exploring Stories of Encouragement and Strength in the Lives of Women in Church Planning. And it's coming out at the end of April, and it is available on Amazon.com, um, where we just, uh, even the cover of it, it is just so enticing. So we'll have to make sure that we somehow put it on our website so women can um, be able to purchase that. But you have a few themes in this book, and I, I love the first one is, how did I get here? So how basically did all of a sudden are you there uh, planting a church? Well, that's um, that's the whole first chapter of the book. Um, it's stories of uh, seven or eight or nine of us um, of how we all came about to church planting. And, you know, some of us came kicking and screaming, <laughs> kind of like <laughs> myself, and um, not really quite sure that that's 
what I wanted to do. And, and uh, I know when I was in college, um, it kind of felt like, well, aren't church planners those weird guys who can't get jobs in real churches? <laughs> and, um, and, and then you and, married you know, one, right? <laughs> yeah, and then I married <laughs> one. Well, yeah, well, and we left our established church to do this. I was like, what are we? Are we crazy? You know, and um, and then there are other girls who sought it out. Um, and uh, so it's just different stories of how we each came um, mm-hmm. to the place of being church planning wives. Yeah. So I, I have to back you up on that. So it, you were you were with the attitude of okay, the, those are the people that um, that can't get a real church. <laughs> when when did you have that paradigm shift? <laughs> when they were in well, their new church, <laughs> well, <laughs> when you were kicking yeah. and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, you know, um, when I was in college, I was kind of like, what is you know? It, I don't know. It was it was back in the late eighties, early nineties, and I. You were hearing these things about church planning, and you're like, "What is that, really?" I mean, I don't know. And um, and I'd grown up in the established church and whatever. And then um, we were in youth for like 11 years, and so then church planning just became more common. And and I was like, "Oh, okay, it's not like the weird thing that I thought it was." But yeah. and that was my own preconceived, you know, probably stuff coming from you know the church that I came from and just things that you're raised in. Well, and, do um, youth so, will do that to you, though. When you're in youth, you'll you all of a sudden nothing's crazy to you. <laughs> oh yeah, nothing is crazy. Everything is like, oh okay, yeah. Because um, <laughs> you have to look at that teenager who's telling you the most horrible thing, just smile and go, oh, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, you said that you, you know you went kicking and screaming. I think that's a common sentiment of so many women that find themselves in the in the role of a pastor's yeah. wife. Because I know I. Mm. I, I is one too. And I remember <laughs> early, is? I is one. And I remember, you know, before when my husband and I were engaged and I had this preconceived idea that every pastor's wife had to play the organ or the piano and had to sing and lead worship of which I am horrible at, at all of there. So it was one of those, I felt so inadequate to come into this role. And so many, when you start really talking to a lot of pastors, wives, or just women in ministry, or many women trying to use their influence and lead, there is that common, I feel so inadequate. And that's why it's so significant to have ministries like Bloom that rally women together so you can be talking to each other and going, me too, mm-hmm. I feel this too. So can you kind of talk yeah. about the support, just that emotional support that you have found even within Bloom and just and the, and the need as women to be risky, to be those relational entrepreneurs and kind of putting it out there to go, here's what I'm feeling right now. Yeah, sure. Um, that is that is really hard. That's hard for us as women. It's hard for us when we're in these roles as pastor's wives. Um, I thought I was going to be a youth pastor's wife because I thought that's what he was going to do his whole life. I don't know. I, I guess I thought he'd be 65 as a youth pastor. I don't know. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so I was like, I'm not ever going to have to be <clears throat> that lady. I'm not ever going to have to be, you know, the first lady. And mm-hmm. so um, I was just kind of like, all right, well, you know, we'll see how this goes. But in church planting, it has been, um, and I think that this is common with a lot of women and, and men, but women that plant, it's, it can be a very lonely road, especially if you don't have um, a core team of people that you've known for a long time go with you. And a lot of times you don't. I mean, sometimes you're very lucky and you're very blessed and you're sent out um, as a daughter church from an established church, and they send you 30 or 50 tithing givers, mature Christians, and some of them may even be your friends. Um, but I have found um, in this church planning journey that that is pretty few and far between when those mm-hmm. things actually do happen. Mm-hmm. And um, and so more often than not, you are being sent out like we were, you know, with me and my husband and my 
three-year-old, my six-year-old, and my new baby and to a city that we don't know anybody. And um, it was very intimidating and very scary, um, even though on one hand you know that you're trusting God and you're, you know, this is what God is calling you to do and you're stepping out in faith. But there was also all of this. I just left a church where there was my sister and adopted grandmother and Mm. her daughter and our worship pastor and his wife. You know, they they wanted to take care of our kids and they would, you know, say, go, we're coming over. You know, my sister would come over with our worship pastor, this lady, and they would say, go, go, we've got your kids tonight, get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're taking over your home. And mm-hmm. so I was I was a little worried about that um, coming here. And, and I think when you're starting a new church and you have so many um, new people and people who are new to the faith and um, mm-hmm. maybe not even Christians yet, they're just checking it out. They're just, you know, we had people come for a year or two years that were not Christians. They were just like, well, we like it here. And mm-hmm. we're not sure why. We don't really like church, but we like this church, so we're going to come, <laughs> you know, until until, you know, God got more and more a hold of their heart, and they felt that um, conviction to, to make Christ the center of their life. But in the meantime, um, finding people that you could be really close friends with is really, really hard, yeah. super hard, and um, and people that you can go deep with because mm-hmm. um, they, they're they not ready. And so what Bloom has done um, is kind of come out of an outpouring of that need that we need other women who are going through the same type of ministry issues. And, and, you know, it could be pastor's wives, but planner's wives, you know, we all happen to be planner's wives and pastor's wives. And um, we kind of get it. We we know what it feels like to be in that space. And um, I'm from the era, like the beginning of Bloom, where we didn't always have, we had Debbie Jones we could call, you know, but we didn't always have a whole network now, what we do now of women that we can call and we can encourage one another. We, we've got a Facebook page that's, that's closed just for our members, but we can throw up there, hey, this happened. What do I do? Or, you know, how do you handle this? Or what did you do for Easter? You know, what did you do for blah, blah, blah? And, and like 10, 5, 10, 15 women like it or they comment in on it or they give you their advice of all of these things that they these other churches are doing. You know, it's, it's incredible just sharing the wealth of knowledge that we have amongst ourselves. Um, that you don't always have when you're all alone, uh, if you're not connected with some type of group or or support system. Well, and um, what you said about going and having to establish those relationships, that they're so hard because you do need that support group. I think it's interesting when you um, are establishing the, the, the relationships with others that might not yet believe in Christ, and you will share things which... In the year, as years go by, you might even change your thought process because, you know, spiritually you're growing. And that's what's so interesting. Right. When you have the, the, the people that just truly love you and you know you, you both believe the same way, you can kind of grow together and they're not judging you for maybe feeling this certain way or, or going through right. this certain experience of how you reacted to it. But other people... If they're watching every single move you make, and I, I know for me, you could look back and go, okay, 10 years ago, I did it this way. I wouldn't have done it that way. Like you almost have to go back to those people that didn't have a strong relationship in Christ and apologize <laughs> and go, yeah. okay, now I would do it differently. Whereas with, with, you know, your true friends that it's are just strong. Yes. On your part. <laughs> but you really struck a chord. Cause I, I can think of, you know, it's like you, you you find yourself guarded, very guarded in what you right. share because you don't want right. someone to judge you that way. And you, it's so important to have that common denominator 
where it's truly, we call it the girlfriend glue when you have Jesus at that same level. And it's, it's yeah. really neat to have that. Yeah. That, um, kindred spiritness, um, it, it, it's invaluable. And, and like you said, you, I do, I did find myself very guarded and I'm a very open and friendly and, you know, uh, gregarious type of person normally, but it, but you do have to kind of hold back just a little bit because you don't want to blow anyone over. You don't want to freak them out. And you, you know, people who love you and who are your girlfriends and they know your heart and they know how much you love God and, and they know you, if you say something a little kooky off the wall one day, they're like, all right, she's, you know, what, yeah. we're having a bad day or well, whatever. And, um, but yeah, there's no judgment, but, um, or, or, you know, you just want to rail at the fact that you're so frustrated with, um, you know, stuff that's happening at church or maybe your husband or whatever. And, but your girlfriend that knows you and knows your husband, they, they love you both. And so they're not going to say, yeah, he is a jerk. You know, they're going to say, but you know, he's, he's got to do this and they're going to encourage you in your marriage. And so you just have to be really careful um, with who you talk to because you don't want to just spill it on somebody who either A, can't handle it or won't encourage you to handle things in a Christ-like way. Mm-hmm. And that is so true because how many times have we had those feelings and we just want to share them, but you really have to use that discernment mm-hmm. of who can truly handle when you're just kind of unloading a little bit on them. And you need to know that I have this girlfriend that mm-hmm. totally understands that can filter through mm-hmm. what I'm saying and what I'm not saying and can go, I get it. I get you, you know, and, and kind of guide you through that. We, we all need those girlfriends. And, and we want to thank you just for taking the time and joining us today and for all our girlfriends at bloom and a shout out to Debbie Jones and Vanessa. They're just, you're amazing leading. Um, when we come back, we're going to continue our talk This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Are you powerless to stop making choices that hinder your happiness, your peace of mind, your sense of fulfillment, or success? Have your choices resulted in broken relationships, job losses, and financial chaos? Then be here for Strategies for Healing from Addictions with your host, Gary and Sharon Worrell. Monday mornings at 9 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Strategies for Healing coaches and empowers and seeks to help people discover their goals and reach those goals quickly. Provide structure, tools, and perspective to help clients accomplish more in their lives. To encourage clients to think bigger and realize their full potential. Strategies for Healing endeavors to see each individual come to a place of purposeful living apart from addictions. Check out the website, strategiesforhealing.com. Then join us for Strategies for Healing from Addictions with your hosts, Gary and Sharon Worrell, 
Monday mornings at 9 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. We are talking about being relational entrepreneurs and looking for ways to join God in reaching people. And we've talked about this by um, not being shy and going out there and being more intentional. We've talked about it as a parent in breathing into your kids. Um, we, we sometimes forget that, that you are a relational leader, a relational entrepreneur in, in raising your children and showing them also how to go out there and truly be ambassadors for Christ. And today we are talking with Anne Malam, a leader from Bloom and a co-partner with her husband who pastors Kinetic Church in Concord, North Carolina. And Anne, once again, you recently um, just finished writing a book that people can find on Amazon. And we were talking about some of your points in that book called Bloom Where You're Planted. And we, we went on to say that you you can go. We love it when God calls you, but you really do need that support group. Um, what are some of the other things that, that you've um, noticed? I, I know for Lisa and I, we, we love to have that support because of just the spiritual warfare that takes on and the struggles that, that take place. If you don't have those people that you have surrounding you, then when all of a sudden you are going through a tragedy or a crisis or a struggle, then you're looking for those people. It's, it's too late. So what are some tips that you can share on, on dealing with those struggles? Yeah. Um, let me just say really quickly, the book is not on Amazon yet. It will be by the end of April. So the book will be available. Yeah. It will be available, um, at the end of April or maybe mid April, um, at Amazon. But, um, yeah, your question is really good. Um, I, I guess I would encourage uh, women, and, and this is for anyone, um, doesn't necessarily have to be pastor's wives, but especially women in ministry um, and women who are pastor's wives or planter wives, um, those roles tend to be isolating uh, because you don't want anyone, you know, you don't, you don't want to look bad and you don't want anyone to think bad of Christ because of you. And so you put a lot of pressure on yourself and... Um, Instead of just being yourself and being like, you know, this is who I am, and yeah, I'm going to fall off this pedestal you put me on. Um, but one of the things I think that's really important, especially if you don't have a strong network, um, would be, I would say, if you can find really good Christian counseling. Uh, I have a girlfriend who wrote in the book, and she'll, she talks about this. Um, but just being able to go to a Christian counselor and just let it all out. Um, somebody who is bound by law not to repeat anything you've said, but also somebody who is a Christian who, who gets your faith and um, who understands you at that level. But um, you may have to pay for that for a while. And I know a lot of us are like, oh, we don't want to pay a counselor. But you know what? If, if we have to pay somebody to be our friend for a year or two until you build some of those friendships, it is so, so healthy and so, so worth it. Um, I, I, I go to a counselor that I can just go and say, oh, here's what I'm frustrated with. You know, and she listens, and she's a church planning wife, and she's, you know, a couple, several years older than I am, and it's just so encouraging to talk mm-hmm. to her. And um, and so you may kind of, you know, we're supposed to mentor one another, and um, 
older women teach the younger women, and that doesn't always happen. And so sometimes you're going to have to seek that out. And and maybe not in counseling, maybe you're, you know an older woman who's been in ministry that you respect. And call her. Don't be afraid to say, hey, would you be willing to talk to me once a month? Or would you be willing to, you know, spend some time with me if, if they're not in the same town as you? You know, would you be willing to listen to me? And more often than not, um, they will probably say yes. I mean, if they're busy, hopefully, you know, they have good boundaries and they're able to tell you, no, I'm not going to be able to do that in this season of my life. But um, I think sometimes as we're younger, we're afraid to ask those people to help us. Mm-hmm. And we're afraid they're going to say no or we're afraid they're going to think bad things about us. Um, but um, the older I get, the more I realize um, that that encourages that person as well. And mm-hmm. they think, wow, I really do have something to offer to um, someone and and I can be a listening ear, and I can give advice, or I can just listen. Because sometimes, I think as women, we just need to get it out of our system so we don't spew it out on our husbands and our families. We just need to get it out. We just need to talk about it and say it and say the worst that we can think. Okay, this is my, you know, this is my hurricane moment. And then it's done. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to have somebody else hearing us that isn't going to take it on and take it personally and, um, you know, absorb it. They just listen, and then they can calmly, you know, help us sort through those feelings and thoughts. And um, and sometimes that's really hard to do on our spouse and um, on our kids. And when you yeah. don't have a best friend or a really tight friend that you can do that with regularly, sometimes those things build up and they do come out on your family. And, yeah. and none of us want that to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, and you make a good point because as women, we just need to process out loud and just get yeah. it out instead of letting it bottle up and fester inside. And like you said, then it erupts as a hurricane Mm -hmm. and we have a meltdown, but it's just like just having those conversations. And you never know when you ask someone, because this totally is what we're talking about being a relational entrepreneur is being risky in our, in our relationships and and initiating. And and I know Patty and I talk about this. So many of our own personal relationships have evolved and happened because we were the ones that initiated. And so many women are waiting for somebody else to initiate the friendship or are the connection but, and then sometimes that's pride gets in the way and I'm going to make, you know, if they want it, they, they need to initiate, but just, you know, do it, just put it out there, ask a question and make it happen. Don't wait for somebody else. Cause you may miss an opportunity to have an incredible friendship. And the other thing is too, is you never know how honored somebody would be to be asked to mentor. Mm-hmm. We think, Oh, right. they're immediately going to say no, but that person may be, you may be answering their prayer where they're praying to God going, who can I pour into and use my life? experience and my influence and then you come up and ask and you were so honoring them and maybe you know helping them see how God answered their prayer so there, there's there's different sides to looking mm-hmm. at that but you're absolutely spot on when you're saying it's it's just you know and as women we, because we were wired relationally we have to process out loud and mm-hmm. you have to find those safe groups and those girlfriends and your point of Finding a counselor if you're if you're new to an area for the first time and like you said who legally can't share your secrets. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> way to well get because as, yeah. as pastors' wives we are so afraid who can we trust mm-hmm. and right. that's the whole thing. Do you trust somebody? And you know I've been told more you know over and over again I shouldn't trust anybody in my own 
church body. So I tell Patty all the time, I should not trust you because, you know, I need to go to church. church. Yeah, I need to. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and you know what? You can. It's using discernment and God brings people. And, um, you know, and, and the reality is we are going to get wounded along the way. Yeah. We've all been wounded right, from right. people, but um, you Well, the you reality in the last 13 years with me is that, you know, I can't remember anything that you said. <laughs> <laughs> it helps with the confidentiality when, what, what did you say yesterday? Her, her memory loss is working for my benefit. So I, you know, I'm fine. <laughs> what, what was your name again? <laughs> yes, that, that definitely uh, helps. I love that. To give people permission that it's okay. We, all, we always feel like. You know, yeah, if we have to hire someone to share things with, then we must be really out of it. But instead, you, you and like you said, you can't always tell your husband all these things because then they have a different perspective. And they feel like they have to fix it. Yes. They kick mm-hmm. into the fix it mode. And my husband, and I have this thing where I, if I'm going to unload, I'll go, okay, this is a fix it conversation, or this is, I just need you to listen. And it helps him in how he hears it. Because if it's a fix it, he leans in and he, and he feels responsible. If it's just, let me download and have mm-hmm. my meltdown and then we'll be fine. <laughs> he can re- then he can totally relax and be, and I'll, I'm fine and he's fine. Yeah. Well, so right. I like you said, Anne, just to be able to absorb it. Sometimes you just need someone to absorb. Well, you, you talked a little bit about um, in your book, Spiritual Warfare, and something about having your trailer stolen. Can you tell us a little bit more about that story? Yeah. Um, my, one of my stories um, involves uh, several years ago when we were in the movie theater. Now, we're in high school now, so we're still packing and unpacking um, every Sunday, but uh, we were in a movie theater, and um, my husband got this call like at seven o'clock in the morning. And the guys, um, the guys get there like at six thirty, uh, seven o'clock with the the big truck. Like, you know, the guy goes and picks it up at where we park it, and um, hauls it all the way over to the movie theater and gets things going so that the team that has to unload everything and set it all up for Sunday morning and get all the stage equipment out and sound equipment, everything that that starts fairly early. And so. Um, Brian, the guy who was picking up the truck, calls Dave, and it's 7 o'clock, and um, Dave's walking out the door, and he says, what? And basically, Brian said, I went to pick up the trailer, and it's not there. <laughs> Dave's like, what do you mean it's not there? It's like right behind the offices. He's like, no, it's it's not. <laughs> and um, Dave said, are you sure? Like, look around. He's like, I was just in there Friday, and it was right there. And um, and it was gone. And it had been stolen because um, our band had practiced um, – I guess Saturday morning. So it was there Saturday. They saw it. So sometime between Saturday morning and Sunday morning, um, this uh, trailer had been stolen. Now, luckily, it was not our big um, 18-wheeler trailer. We have like a tractor trailer, big one that has all the main gear for um, main worship. But this was all of our children's ministry stuff, all of our front line, which is like greeter ministry stuff, all of that was just gone. And so at 7 o'clock in the morning, we're, we're scrambling around thinking, what are we going to do for kids this morning? And so, um, you know, Dave calls our children's pastor at the time, and um, they, you know, just buy a few things. And the movie theater was super great. We had a really good relationship with them, and uh, they allowed us to watch the VeggieTale movie on the big screen. So we put all the kids who were old enough to sit still um, in that uh, venue, and so we had like toddlers and preschoolers and elementary all together watching a movie, and then the toddlers that were real little or uh, like the older toddlers were in there, but the little toddlers and the nursery we did end up having a space for them. So it was a crazy, crazy time that morning. Well, 
it was wonderful because God had kind of used that to bring this baby church together. And like our whole, our whole, not just our whole team, but our whole church rallied together in that moment. And it was, it was a very cool moment that morning. And um, we prayed for the church trailer thieves and we, you know, just prayed that God would bring our stuff back or, you know, figure us, figure out, help us figure out how to get all that back. So then comes the long, you know, six months of trying to figure out how to replace everything because if you're a church plant, you don't have a lot of money sitting in the bank. I mean, like established churches have, I don't know, whatever they have, $100,000 sitting in the bank or 50000 or whatever, and, mm-hmm. um, and, and they can just go replace whatever was stolen. Well, we didn't have extra cash to do that. So then there was this battle with the insurance company, and they were like, well, we can't, we can't give you the money until you buy the stuff because then you have to give us the receipt. And he's like, I can't buy the stuff until you give us the money. So moves this whole back and forth. But, uh, oh, okay, but the blessing that came out of that was we were able to get some free billboards. And um, we did some really edgy billboard messaging, um, and we got a lot of flashback, like, across the country from evangelical Christians saying, how could you say that? I mean, one of them was, like, stealing from God, ballsy, and some things like that. And people were like, I have to cover my kids' eyes. But um, we ended up having so many people come to church that were non-Christians because of it. So, Well, and thanks for sharing that story, and thanks for joining our show today for GoFriendTalk.com. Find us on Facebook. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. 